Hey, what's going on out there, everybody? Welcome to another Addicted Podcast. I've got our fearless leader, Mr. Marlon Lefevre, in studio. Laryngitis Lefevre. <laughs> that is a good nickname, Laryngitis Lefevre. And that other familiar laugh you guys hear is Mr. Nick Popov. Yeah, baby. And so if Nick's in here, you know, one of two things is happening. We're either getting ready for Steelhead or the rivers are blown. But I think it's getting ready for Steelhead right now. And the rivers are about to be blown. And the so. rivers are about to be blown. <laughs> That's right. No, we're sneaking him in here today because we've got some big announcements, as we always do. We want to talk, do a little rundown of the sportsman shows that we got coming up. And other than that, like you haven't even been out to, and talking steelhead fishing, of course, but you haven't. Have you even tried yet? He's gone no. once, but it really wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I went yeah, you once. It, but, well, kind of. we we did go once, and we did really target steelhead, and there just was no steelhead around. Um, the salmon wouldn't stay off their hooks. Just well, that's it. Bait. I mean, it was, it, and it was crazy with that whole closure we had. It was unbelievable how many salmon were still around. You know, mm, even in that. Imagine that. Yeah, it's not weird. Crazy. I mean, there, I mean, there was only after all, like by the time it rolled up, there was only a quarter million. Extra, extra, yeah, above yeah. forecasted salmon in the Columbia River. So why would we think that the Oregon trips didn't have that? Exactly, exactly. Man, you missed out, I, bud. I know you missed know. out, bud. It was, it was uh, well, they let you fish. That's the cool thing. I mean, that was oh, the yeah. only. You that go is fishing. true. That is true. It did save our season, like as far as like as it you know from a business standpoint and like guiding standpoint, it saved our season to have it open to fish. But it was their forecast of twenty five hundred fish to that basin was so far off. I mean, it, I can't even put it into words. There was 2,500. It's weird. I always try to put myself in their shoes because it's like I get so pissed off too at their forecast and annoyed, but then mm-hmm. at the same time I'm like, I also do not want their Well, job. there's no other way. Yeah, it's, yeah, sad, sure. it's just sad. They're just not reactive. And, that, and really that's what we ask for. I mean, when it comes to the buoy 10 discussions for next year, like we're wanting them to be reactive. We're going to not set these arbitrary like forecasts and closure dates in April when then when we get into those months where there's fish around it's very obvious if it's painting a pic- different picture actually when the fish are there Let's like they have to be able decision. to react like right. they have to yep. they've got 50 years of sport data they totally can do it yeah um, they've got code of wire tag data at least coming in on some of the fisheries that they can keep fish like they know and they need to be able to do it, and they yeah. need to be more on the ball. We need to, as as anglers, we need to ask for that because that's, I mean, catch and release is great. Like I get it, like a lot, but a lot of people do like, I mean, come to kill fish. Yeah, like, to harvest. I mean, yeah. it's you know, and I'll tell you this: like there were some days that I, we we go out and like the clients are like, yeah, we're all in for catch and release. Well, after you catch ten or twelve, just absolutely beautiful chinook. Your heart like, breaks. They start to go, oh, I sure would be nice to just keep one, you know, because it looks bad. It's like the fishing's this good, but yet. Well, and then look and then look what happened one. at Bowie 10, too, like this year, like when it was hatchery only. I mean, some days you went out and you caught six, seven fish and you yeah. killed four or five and you went home. Mm-hmm. Other days you caught like 20. Exactly. And I mean, sometimes that catch or release fishing, though, you can look back at the end of the day and go, man, where else are you going to go and catch 20 to 25 exactly. Chinooks in the morning? Yeah. Like that's doesn't i mean it sucks but it doesn't if you really suck. look at it it doesn't it's suck a lot of fun it it's doesn't fun. suck yeah. like yeah you're not going to do that because a lot of times you're bonking your fish and you're going home you're yeah. getting off the water yep and I, i've and never I, really understood that you know like and maybe it's just the nature of how salmon is but man it just doesn't seem like people like to catch and release salmon that much but for crazy. steelhead i know people we'll will do, do it all day, day long and they love it and they'll ble- they'll bleed it but then when salmon they're like they have to kill it i know yeah well, it's really weird i mean well, you think when we're talking when i mean salmon, it's like a food well and it, it is a food fizz and that and, and how long it's been but the reality is winter steelhead suck 
Yeah, to eat, <laughs> I mean, to eat, let's let's be real. I, I mean, if guys want big Chinook, and like, and really, I've had way better winter steelhead to eat than fall yeah. Chinook. I think it's just the perception for the right. public right. is different. You know, like just like how oh, you only can catch salmon at buoy tent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like the public <laughs> is a little bit different and. You know, I'm not going to put a, I mean, I'll, I would rather have a chrome bright winter steelhead a lot of times over like a, you know, kind of a mediocre, fall mediocre fish. fall fish. So, 100%. but I don't think the public thinks that. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a perception thing for sure. But so when it, it is so, funny how they'll go catch releasing salmon. So blast. especially bobberin. Mm-hmm. Like well, watching that, those videos that you and oh, Dave dude. were just uh, like, God, I should have gave down there. Just it was so much. Fun. Looks like you had it to yourself too. I we mean, did. it was just real light pressure on a lot of days and we also timed it well. Like, you know, picking the right days to go film and stuff. But there was there was definitely a, a decrease in pressure. And what was crazy, the biggest thing was south of us, it was open. And even there, there was nobody. It was like that closure just, like, shut everybody down. Like, you know, I, I think they either went further south or, or up north, you know. But it was it was pretty crazy. It, it really put an effect on the fishermen. I mean, I'm wondering if that's too, because like with the, like the steelhead closures, like I get a lot of messages too. It's like, oh, I would have gone with you this year, but it's closed. It's like, no, 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 no it's not. Not really. only is it not closed, like we can still fish from boats. Like we, there's nothing that affects anything on my program. Mm-hmm. But when people hear, you know, Oregon coast closures and oh, they yeah. hear Washington coast closures, well, they, they probably just think you're X nade out of the equation. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's a, but it's a weird scenario. What's the steelhead prospects look like for you guys down there this year? Like, what what's going to be your program coming up for the next well four months, three months? Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, super positive. I mean, going off of what we saw last year is are guys getting a bunch of fish right now? There's definitely some fish around. I mean, not a ton on like my specific rivers that we fish because it's there's been no water. But like in those early returning systems there's definitely steelhead around like no question you can go out and have an opportunity or two for sure and i think once we see this rain come it's gonna Mm -hmm. be uh uh, well last year like take last year for example there was quite a few days in that early season when nobody was putting in effort that other guys were and it it panned out so there's we filmed an episode that was really with me you and ryan mccon and we caught four fish and i think we four wilds yeah took all four of them or three of three or four took them all four of the the brew stock yeah i know we were shooting i know we're shooting for that next week but i'm not i'm looking at that forecast going like nerve Like, we'll see. Oh, dude, we got to get some broodstock fish in there, though. No, yeah. we do. And the early ones are real important, right? Super important. So that's you, a, that's what, a big part to our to our program success is just, like, really spreading out, getting those, you know, December fish, the January fish, and then mm-hmm. really, like, stretching it throughout the whole season. And I think that the, the thought process on that is that when you pull those early fish and then you pull fish all throughout the season and then you pull those late fish, you get – those returning fish all throughout, you know, and so you get that kind of just like, lengthen the season yep, up. But yep. if if you go by if you abide by like early returning fish will spawn earlier, right? And that's kind of you know, kind of instinctively on. bring their offspring will come back earlier. It's kind of cool too. I learned something kind of cool last year um, from the fishing game guys. Is like everybody thinks broodstock is like this selective big fish keeping like, and I learned last year that like you don't want to keep only big ones because a lot of those are four and five year mm-hmm. returning fish and then you factor out that in between run and you start to see progression on the later you know four years down the road you see a progression of fish whereas if you keep two salt three salt four salt fish now you're getting returns basically constant throughout the season it keeps you're you know, getting a more stable returning yeah. an age class and yeah i know a lot of people think I, i've heard people say that like you just want to kill you just want to 
breed bigger hatchery fish and like well ultimately it doesn't mean because first off your survivability is a lot better so like if you have one age class like that falls down due to bad conditions like it's not going to fall down so detrimentally where you like like say all your two-year-olds die well that means you're not gonna have any three-year-olds since it doesn't happen since the rate of return is so good it's just Mm -hmm. steadier it's like an insurance policy yeah i mean they talk about the rate of return is like you know on on a early returning or early stock like you know, how C-strain steelhead, they're talking like a half a percent. Well, our broodstock program produces consistently between 4 and 6% sometimes. Like, they've seen it as high That's as 8 six. to 12 times more for the same amount same of smolts. Amount of smolts That's the adult returns. What, what program should we be doing? I know last year we saw a ton, and we went with you a bunch and saw just a ton of, you know, the ton of the two salts. Tons yeah. and tons and mm-hmm. tons of them. Yeah. Um, which if you guys know from like fall on like spring salmon and, and fall salmon, you know, like if you see a lot of three salt Chinook one year, you generally see a lot of fours mm-hmm. the next and subsequently you'll see a lot of fives the following. So I think, you know, if we, if those little babies went out there and survived in the ocean, well, which I'm guessing they did because yeah, look at, good. look good at the sockeye forecast. Right. I mean, just look at forecasting across the board, across the board showed an improving ocean mm-hmm. because they all missed yeah, <laughs> badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. which is, you know, it is what it is. I ended, I'm not criticizing them for that, but it's a weather report, right? it's a weather In report, the but they thought it was going to be 70. It was 90, but right. regardless, um, yeah, so basically uh, what you're saying is there's some giants coming back this I year. I think we're going to have a big fish year. Yes. I think we're going to have a big we fish will. year. And, and from what I've heard already from, like, Charles running around and, like, going to some of these, like, you know, we'll just call them little hatchery brat areas, like, he's finding, like, bigger fish. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And that's what's so cool about this broodstock program, man, is, like, you really do see 20 pound, 18, 20 pound. I mean, one year I caught nine fish mm-hmm. between 18 and 22 pounds that were harvested, like hatchery hatchery fish that we get to keep. I mean, it's pretty cool to see that. Like you, you know, I mean, you're so used to a six, eight pound steelhead. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's pretty neat when you see a giant like that. And I go back to, thing. I don't even care. I just am happy that there's fish to yeah. be caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's I'm just so happy. Does. Screw <laughs> harvesting them. I think we should still let them all go. And, I love and, and, and to be selfish too, I'm very happy that we've got, you know, a biologist in our region who's not making these draconian, just stupid ass rules right now. And we've seen runs kind of depressed once they remove some of the hatchery runs. You definitely lost that influx of fish. And, and I mean, I, as much as I care or don't care what the spawning ground surveys say, there's a lot of volatility in those because you could have really, you could have a, you know, a big spawning segment come in and then a big runoff and you lose those you you lose sight of right. those of those uh reds so like there's a lot of volatility in that but just kind of overall we definitely saw like kind of the numbers like de- depressed but we're not seeing like these just stupid restrictions that we're seeing like up on the north coast that are Thank not God. doing a damn thing they so nothing. fortunately it's on us anglers to protect them and to make sure we're putting them back and treating them nice and doing that and hopefully they'll just keep continuing going on yeah, yeah, it's and that, that's another thing that program's done is like it's taught people how to handle these fish properly. Oh wait, it's really cool. Yeah, I talked to your buddy down there. Don't say names, but I talked to your buddy down there. Wait till you see my next article. I can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna be a good He's one. He's pretty knowledgeable. Very, very, very eye really, opening. Some really some things cool I've dude. been saying a little bit wrong too. Like really? he deaf, but uh, really cool things coming out from the front that also kind of proves our. North Coast steelhead managers wrong again. Oh, weird. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> but all in all, I think we're in for a good run, man. I think it's going to be. What are you going to be using mostly? 
probably fish a lot of beads. <laughs> <laughs> Marlin's nemesis. <laughs> Dude, but it is weird. I will say this. Like, I, I love fishing worms just like you do, Marlin. But last year, I, I don't know what it was, but I could not catch fish on worms. Low clear caught, water. I mean, I had a lot to it do. Was it was really, last year. We was a low. very low yeah. river. Yeah. I mean, but typically there's spots I can pull into, and I will guarantee you I will catch one mm-hmm. on a worm. It's just like it's over and over and like there was days if you caught one on a worm you'd catch them that day but then it would go back and it was just like you were wasting your time not I will tell you and just like you know again like you guys were talking we had a lot of two salt small fish like yeah i the think that bigger plays in. fish yeah. have a tendency to eat those freaking 100 percent. i agree with you and so there's no doubt but you've caught so many of them over the years that there's just no way to argue that yeah but i will yeah. say like one thing like we didn't also have a lot of water and like mm-hmm. not the little river that i like to fish but the medium one right. that's a little closer to home like that's usually a pretty good warm river like and it was the same that, last year it was tough to get them on there. it was very tough to get them on worms so but the year before that, but little jig me, like little tiny jigs little stuff like that bait. but yep. yeah yeah little bait. the, the yep. year before i bet you i caught 60 percent of the fish i caught all year i bet were caught on a worm i mean it was unbelievable i had to have someone fish it every single day because it was that good you know like and and there was days i fished all worms like three worms on three guys rods and let's be good. honest when you're fishing worms it's just so easy <laughs> i is, mean it is just so, so nice. Nice. you're the so cool efficient thing, the best thing about fishing that worm though is like when there's a fish that's going to eat it in there it's usually going to eat it in the first couple of casts yep like you put it through there and that thing sees it he's coming to eat it like mm-hmm. whereas with a bead and stuff you can be positioning or your stuff's get pushed one way or the other it's it's pretty crazy yeah for sure well and like i said too usually also i like one thing i like about the worms too versus like the bead pickup and the bait pickup is like for a client like usually when they eat a worm and they commit to it <laughs> they over. eat it yeah like you yeah. don't miss you do miss, i mean other, unless you few. get the tail grabbers Sometimes like trout, that's what you get you'll get, get the, the you'll weird get the little yeah, yeah but yeah. It, that's but it doesn't happen very seems often. like if they drain the bobber I had one. I had one two years ago that ate three times in a row, and it bit the tail off the worm twice. And I've never had it happen. That was the first time the same fish bit it off twice, and then he caught him on the third one. There's a couple addicted steelhead videos on our YouTube where that's happened to me. Just clean the tail's gotten bit off. New worm, (laughs) throw it out there. Next cast fish. Yeah, yeah, it happened twice, dude. He bit the. He must have been how he was grabbing it or something. But literally, you gave him a little taste. It's just this little stub, you know. It's like. It's crazy. I'm super excited to get out there and go do it, though, man. This is like, this is what we live for. So, well, and some of these new worm colors and stuff that we've oh launched and gosh. we've been working with, it's just going to be a fun year. Wait till the next ones come. <laughs> yeah, wait till the next things come. But yeah. we're not we're not bleeding that out now because we got some sportsman show announcements. We're yep. doing Puyallup February first through fifth. Yep, we'll be at the Puyallup show, which is called the Washington Sportsman Show. Yep. And then and we're then doing seminars Pacific. and bashes there. Like, do you have, yep. or do we, is it still tentative schedule right now? No, the, so there will be an addicted bash in Puyallup on Saturday the 4th. So we'll have some stuff coming out on our website soon. We do have to do tickets because there's limited seating. So we can't just leave it open and Free let a million all, people yeah. come in. So we will have to do tickets They're on fi- the website. So someone's finally making us do tickets, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it'll be similar yeah. to how we did Addicted Alaska 3 so last Alaska year. Three, yeah. 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 So it'll be very similar to that. There'll be food and drink provided. So we're working on a bunch of that stuff, but there will be bashes that, and they're going to be probably the biggest bashes we've ever done. Yeah. So don't so, miss those ones, folks. There's going to be custom exclusive stuff there. Tons of giveaways. Like always, you will be entered to win the kayak. If you show up to these oh, things. Yeah. So right. going to be really fun. So yeah, that's the fourth. And then, yeah, we'll be doing some seminars too, but I don't know. I don't know what the dates are. Schedule there yet. And stuff. But we'll be set up there the whole time. We have a 30 foot booth guys. 
So I don't know our booth number or anything yet, but Washington Sportsman Show, I'm excited for that. And then we literally get a week break, mm-hmm. and then we go to the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show, which is in Portland. And same thing, it's the fe- February 15th through the 19th, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, sounds yes, about right. I fished the, or yes, yeah, 15th through the 19th. Yep. Yeah. And so our bash will be that Thursday. So what's that Thursday day? The 16th. So the 16th will be the bash in Portland, guys. And again, just, just make sure you're following our Instagram and all of our other social platforms to get all the announcements of what's going on with those. But it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. Cool stuff going to be at that. Nick's been working on a bunch of custom exclusive stuff. Cam's working on some stuff. So there's going to be some good th- good things there. There yeah. will be plugs. There will be some custom plugs. There will be some custom beads. There's Cam's a, yeah. holding the beads right now Don't in his hand. Don't talk about it, but let's just say that this is not going to be just a color change up of what you've seen out in the market. Let's just leave it. Yes. It's something I believe that is entirely new. Yes. Hasn't been done, and it's pretty exciting. I, yeah, I'm, really I'm cool. jacked. When I saw it, my mind was blown. So It'll be, obviously, you guys, every year we try to do some new custom short bus flashers for the upcoming salmon season, so we'll have some new flashers there. Um, some limited ones. What else? Uh, the other thing I was thinking is we should do some jigs. Yeah, that might not be a, that's perfect. Perfect for the season. Mm-hmm. Still got a lot of steelhead season left. after. Oh that man, show. you got freaking a month and a half still after the yeah. show. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, maybe we'll do some jigs. Yeah. Regardless, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff there. We'll all be there. Guys, Cam will be there. Pop off Jordan. Clint will be there when he can. Mike, everyone's going to be there, guys. So come hang out at the at the Portland show. Puyallup will be a little bit different. Me, Jordan, um, me, Jordan, Colt, Hayden will be there like the whole time, and then Cam and Pop off, and some of those guys will be kind of coming and going as they as their schedules allow. So the other thing too at the show, Big Dave is joining our little oh, row there. That's right. So. We'll have Big Dave over right next to us. Yep. yep. We'll have the whole line. It's gonna be a good show. Jordan in in Portland. Jordan's gonna be cooking again the whole time. Yep, (laughs) perfect. We'll be getting our our meals supplied by Jordan. He'll be cooking probably in my booth again. He just called me. I just like it because he got. Oh yeah, he got held up in Santiago because they wouldn't let him. Something happened where he didn't check his rods in the right like oversized baggage area, and so they like wouldn't let him get on the plane with his fishing rod. So he has to basically wait, and he doesn't get to fly out till tomorrow morning. Ugh. So how far is that from where he's touching down? At? Not far, I don't think. Like the last little. It's the last leg. <sighs> so Sean and Jordan's buddy Dave are there. They're in Chile. Franco picked them up, and they're already like momming around. And Jordan's still stuck in the airport. Like, oh my oh, god! No. Yeah. So good start Boy. to the movie. Good start to yeah, the movie, guys. Hey, Jordan is making a little uh, solo uh, Chile movie, guys. So him and Sean are out there making an epic chasing big salmon movie, and it sounds like today. A guy got a forty-eight pounder trolling an original trout Rapala. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> no, like oh, he got it. Pounds. He landed That's it. Sick. And oh. I, you know, Jordan. That's showed the kind some of, of stuff these guys are using because they don't have access to what we the do. gear. They don't have the access. So, so Jordan gets off the phone with his outfitter buddy that told him about the forty-eight pounder, and he's all telling him, "Yeah, I got eighteen ounce leads and flashers and super baits," and the guy's like. I'm going with you. What day are you going fishing? <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. So it's going to be stuff we learned up here. Well, it'll it's be, it'll be, be really insane cool to see what he catches. Too. Yeah. Well, and this, I, I've seen some pictures of like some of the fish he's been showing me a lot. You know, he, he calls me every day with a new picture yep. or something, you know, and is what 
you don't realize is people are looking at these salmon pictures and, and I've heard multiple people look at the picture and be like, Oh, what are those like 25 pounds? Dude, they're giants. They're just, you know, a fish on the bottom of a boat looks like a fish on the bottom of the boat. But when you see them held up, I'm excited. He showed me a picture two days or three days ago that had like a couple smaller salmon. And then it had the one next to it that you could tell that was just freaking massive. And it was, there's just there. Why do they get so big out there? No predators. No commercial fishery, no, no commercials. I know you got to think like feed. I don't know. You know, Scott Ammerman has always said that, like with the the Pacific Salmon Treaty. If you listen to like those guys talk on that, um, uh, that basically over time of the gill netting and stuff, you know, up north and all just the commercial fishing in general, you don't see those seven year six and seven year old salmon anymore because they're subject to six years of the just ocean. Just the odds of them know? surviving. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. Our yeah. commercial fishery is just so. Effective. effective yeah yeah well you get commercial fishery plus sport plus you know the the sport fleet plus the guides and i mean it's a lot for a yeah, big fish sense. to make it back to our river where it's born well so. regardless guys we are gonna be at the sportsman show so come hang yeah, out with baby. us february 1st through the 15th in Puyallup, february 15th through the 19th uh in portland and we'll have tons of other news coming out on those you guys got any other announcements Oh Let's man, it. super Let's excited. We got to go to the live feed. Thanks That's for joining right. us again tonight, Pop Off. Yes, sir. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you on the river. See you on the water, guys. Later, boys.